Digest. This is a podcast with a story about a town, and this week we are talking about Chapter 8, The Outsiders. Uh, I'm Chris Hainer from Screener TV. I'm Craig Byrne from KSA TV. I'm Ross Burlingate from ComicBook.com. Hello, everybody. It's, you guys, hiatus is over. Yay! Can we just talk about how great it is that Riverdale is back, finally? Uh, and how sad it is that we didn't get so, uh, so we didn't get to record this one early? Yeah, we're, we're who knows but, what the rest of the season will look like. Although tomorrow they're screening episode 9 at WonderCon, and I don't know about you, but I'm going to go. Yeah, I, uh, before we uh, dive too heavily in, we should say that uh, Craig and I are sitting together in a hotel room in Anaheim, California. We just wrapped uh, Riverdale at WonderCon, the comic convention here. Uh, Russ is not here. No, but, I'm still uh, in, yeah, I'm we cold, cold Syracuse. We did the press room. Uh, Chris did the the carpet line, and uh, we saw the panel, which was a lot of fun. Um, I would say Luke Perry was the star of the panel. It was either Luke. It, it had to be Luke or uh, like Lily and yeah. Camilla together. Yes, but it, it's funny because uh, Luke apparently ships Fred with everybody. Like, uh, there was one moment where Machen made a comment about, like, needing some love. Alice, Co- Alice yeah. Cooper needs, like, a one-night stand. And he's like, hey, I'm not a far walk or something like that. Yeah. And then they were talking putting a zip line between the houses. It, it, the, the, the beauty of it is what we need is to figure out why Archie is the way he is portrayed in huh. his dad. Pretty much. Simple. Um, also, there was a bit where uh, Ashley was talking about a boyfriend for uh, Josie, or a love interest, and uh, Luke Perry raised his hand. Which huh. led oh, to... did he really? Yeah. That's what everyone was, I that's that everyone was calling about, and that's why she called him Mr. Grundy. Oh, that makes sense. And the whole topic that we talked about on our last show, about the problematic Mr. Miss Grundy, was talked about. Cole talked about and said pretty much the same things Chris did. Which is, it's a story that... About a town? No. <laughs> no this is a story about a VW bug, you guys. Um, no, it's, a, it's, it's sensational or because I believe he called it incendiary. Yes. He used the word incendiary. Just because it's incendiary doesn't mean it should be avoided. It doesn't mean it can't tell, like, an impactful story. Like, it doesn't mean it doesn't have reason for being. But they were talking about how it was good that she was portrayed as the villain. There was no question about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and they, they said a lot of backlash for that story. Did I miss backlash? Am I just there was backlash. Was it really? Even when we were at TCA, there were people talking about, like, you know, the teacher having sex with a 15-year-old. Oh, TCA doesn't count. I say that as a <laughs> TCA. Sorry. <I> and <laughs> you're live. I so know. Might oh, you. God. Yeah, it was a great panel. It was a great press room. The, uh, the the beauty of the show is the cast is all it's a special cast. They all get they all seem to get along really well. Like they all seem to be having a really good time, and it's still new. Like you can't beat a fresh cast on a new show. Yeah. Like when you get to like season four of Riverdale, and Archie's like, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. That's when things get dicey. Yeah, but no, it, no, it was a good it was a good day. And it was 
fun too because like somebody in the audience asked like the whole cast if their team Betty or Team Veronica, and Cole was really quick with the Betty. Yeah, which is fun. And which and then Archie went Veronica, which was really interesting. Yeah, but uh, so what I think was special about this though is this is I believe is the first con appearance by this cast since the show's been on the air. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they have to do like an actual like victory lap for what they pulled off in season and one. Did you see how full the theater was? It was pretty full. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It drew I was as big of a crowd as just about anything else they would put in the arena. And the other thing I loved is you had people in cosplay as like Betty and Veronica from the dream sequence in episode seven. Someone nice. cosplayed as Apple Mud. Did you see that? No. Yeah, dude, it was great. Was it? You mean like the TV Apple Mud? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Which is, I guess. Is Barb from Stranger Things? Maybe, yeah, maybe she was back. cosplaying as Barb from Stranger Things. Well, she's back next week. Oh well, I'm gonna pretend it's up a little. So, yeah, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. And we also got some interesting details on things that are coming up. But maybe like, before we get into that, let's get into like a little spoiler zone later. Where we're yeah, talk after we stuff. talk about Absolutely. the outsiders. Yeah. Um, also, Lily and Machen had the exact same hairstyle and tattoo and tattoo. Nice. Yeah. So it was a good time. I mean. Sorry, sorry, yes. Russ. Sorry, you missed it, Russ. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty used to that being an East Coast guy. I was slightly disappointed that my queen Cheryl Blossom wasn't there, but you know, I think Madeline's filming a movie or something right now, so she's very popular. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, uh, episode eight. Yes. The Outsiders. Um, we got to learn some new things about the Coopers, which I really like that they kind of made Alice Cooper more human. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought Maytan knocked it out the park. That's great. She, which she always says. She always that's does. Like, that's like yeah. but, but we got to go to a baby shower, and that's what I'm excited about. Like, we yeah. got to, like, like, I don't know, I don't know about Polly, you guys, we'll get there, but, like, we, like... The idea that the most of the characters on the show got to do something sort of normal. Except for Josie didn't bother to show up. Josie never shows up to anything. She's a terrible friend. Yeah. They did manage to put Val and Mel together, too, so that you had the Pussycats without Josie, which made it even more obvious. Yeah. But, you know, I thought, you know, Cheryl was her girl. Apparently not. But uh, Did she realize Cheryl's going to be an auntie? Yeah. Well, I found it very uh, morbid, all the talk about, like, the godparent, which makes me think something's going to happen to Polly, inevitably. That's, oh, you know, well, I hadn't thought about that, but that makes sense. Betty. Unless she dies before she gives birth, which would be really morbid. Yeah. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> let, let, okay, let, let's let's talk uh, Nana Blossom, because she dropped science. First of all, she, yeah, she said that it's not a boy or a girl, it's both, that Polly has twins. We don't have confirmation, official confirmation? Does that count as confirmation? You know, here's the thing. Uh, no. we, we don't have any kind of official confirmation, and obviously the characters in story were like, oh, that crazy old witch. But the other side of that is that when Craig and I were talking to Madeleine during our... our I, I, I know exactly what you're going to say, and this happened to me too. Yeah. We, she said the baby. Yeah, repeatedly, repeatedly, she said the babies, the babies, because we had told her that we'd just seen six, and apparently she forgot that the minute you find out about the pregnancy, you don't also find out about the twins. Or she's playing the long con. I'm just saying. 
Maybe there aren't. Maybe there's not even a single baby. <laughs> what are they going to do with a baby on this show? Think about it. What are they going to do with that? That's a baby? what they said about the originals, and that show's in season four now. Yeah, but they just took a five-year jump to get rid of the baby. That's true. <laughs> She's seven now. You can't do that on Riverdale because they're all high school kids. They'd have to go to college. Right. Well, then they'd be old enough to sleep with Grundy. She's gone, bro. She's been there. She's done that. Is anybody listening live right now? Uh, we have six people, including Betty and Juggy and Mimi, at least. Those, those, those two, two are like my absolute favorites. I'm not going to lie. My mom's my favorite. No offense, everybody else, but I love my mother. Well, I do love my mom, too. But, you I know. thought you were going to say my mom. Well, I'm sure your mom is super <laughs> cool. Yeah, but, you know. Um, oh, are we, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sure Betty and Juggy especially loved all the Bughead stuff that came out today. So much. Those two crazy kids, man. Yeah. They Together forever. TLF, bro. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little worried about what might happen once there's no longer a murder investigation. They'll kill two. somebody and have to solve that. There you go, and that can make Colton happy everybody. because he wants Jughead to be the killer. Yeah, he wants to be murder. But Jughead is the killer. See, that's the thing that actually goes against that whole sheriff killer theory. Is everybody? There's not a theory. No, everybody Bastard. seemed like they were so shocked by who it was, and it would be that big of a deal if it was sheriff killer. But it might be surprising. Yeah, but it ain't gonna be Sheriff Keller. No, I don't know. I'm still disappointed. I I wanted to get KJ to say Sheriff Killer today, and it just didn't. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but KJ needs to call into our show and say Sheriff Killer. How would someone call into this? How would someone um, call into this? Yeah. Well, the only way for people to call into a Google Hangout is for me to give them the link that I give you guys, where oh. they could just join up, you know, oh, like okay. we do. Uh, which is possible, but probably would slow us down even more than you guys being in a hotel Wi-Fi. Okay, yeah. so maybe they could just tweet us at, well, like, Russ Burlingame, at Chris Hainer, or at Riverdale TV. I will say I'm working diligently behind the scenes to put together uh, an episode where we can have some guests. And I have a couple of people in mind who have expressed a willingness to be on the show. So... Huh. By the time our next episode runs, there may indeed be some kind of news about the potential of us having uh, having a guest. And I don't know if that would be for, like, my initial feeling is that I would want to have a guest on the episode for the finale. Because, A, we're probably not going to have screeners. And, B, then we could talk to them very openly about spoilers. Mm, true. The only... Uh, the only kind of thing that cuts into that is that the primetime listings for the week of, I want to say, the... It's April 20th. Uh, we do not have a new Riverdale. Be very angry and sad. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I was thinking maybe, depending on how everything shakes out, maybe that week we can have a guest. We can interview uh, somebody. And, and I, won't say, uh, I won't say who or even whether it's a cast or crew person, but uh, there, there are at least a couple of people who are down with coming on the show, presume, assuming I can get CW behind it and nobody's going to get in trouble. I don't even know who it is. Let me know. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, wrote it down for Chris. That's ah, the joy okay. of it. Yes. We can pass yeah. notes. Oh. Cool. What he wrote down was Kit from the television series Knight Rider. I don't know how we're going to make that work. If we could get William if, Daniels. Yeah, if we got book. William Daniels, I'm in. Or just do a version of Riverdale with William Daniels as the narrator. This is a story about a town, Michael. That's <laughs> terrible. I'm how sorry. dare you, sir? 
as you did that impression or that impression, one of our one of our viewers dropped out. So. Oh yeah. Well, now I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna be really sad. No, you won't. You know why? Because we're still talking baby shower. Because it's a happy party. It's a happy party. Um, I think it had my favorite Cheryl Blossom line ever, <laughs> which was, De- "Nana has dementia and gypsy blood." <laughs> yeah. Cheryl thing that I feel has ever come out of anybody's mouth. I also love the bit where Alice Cooper like starts complaining about like witchcraft, considering Machen's previous role was the witches of East End. Mm-hmm. That's true. I totally forgot about that. I, and also, just the notion that Machen can be playing a grandmother just makes me feel really old. It's, I'll tell you what, um, Machen actually stopped by my office yesterday for an interview. A fantastic. B looks younger than I do. <laughs> and C is the greatest. So she can be whatever she wants. She ain't, she ain't no grandma. <laughs> Alice Cooper might be a grandma, but that's television, Craig. Television is fictional. Fictional character. Yeah, for, like, reality. exactly what I was thinking, Craig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when all else fails, go back to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Pretty much, yeah. I need new references. Not 1998. Uh, 2001, actually. If it makes you feel any better, I did buy Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie today because it was five bucks on Voodoo. We need we need to get Kevin Smith directing for Rodell. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens, just because. But RT is not doing it with Mr. Weatherby. No, no, Principal Weatherby. Yeah, well, Archie Archie's busy with so many other women, and that that was joked about a lot on the panel too. Yeah, yeah, especially that, by Ashley. Even shit, <laughs> but uh, well, uh, no, it was. I, I keep thinking about this panel because it just was so much fun, and they showed us. Did they release the sizzle reel online today? If they have, I haven't seen it. But in the time since the panel occurred, like I was getting my kids in bed and all that kind of grown up stuff. Because uh, they had a scene in the snow, which was interesting, and they showed us Molly Ringwald. Yeah, we get we get uh, Molly Ringwald finally showing up as Archie's mom next week. Yep, in the one that you guys are going to see tomorrow, or you're wrong. It's it's either great or I'm incorrect. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure when I was talking to uh, KJ and Luke about it, they said it was next episode. Nice. But what about this episode? What about this episode? Yeah, we've, so we've been much. <laughs> we've yeah. been we've been we're all, a little we're all Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. excited to be Clearly alive. We didn't write down. One of the things that I want to say is this was an episode, you know, my, my, like my wife watches it with me, but she watches it several days later. Usually like we'll watch it Monday night after she gets home from her class. And mm-hmm. she was like, so is it like, am I going to get spoiled on if I go on Facebook? And I was like, actually, no, like it was a strong episode, but there's really not all that much in this episode that well, like, there wasn't that kind of plot movement. We were right about Joaquin, that somebody put him there. Yeah. So that was interesting. Although I feel bad because it's like they're just like pimping someone out to check on Sheriff Killer. Stop it. <laughs> Although, it, well, I mean, the other thing I will say is that the idea of them kind of needing somebody in place to keep an eye on Keller is it, – it definitely changes my perception about the – because, I again, like even – if you don't assume he is the killer, like I have had this idea in the back of my head that like, he probably was a little bit more hand in glove with the serpents than he would want you to, to know. Yeah. 
and uh, that he's doesn't really, appear to be the case. He's really good at playing it as, you know, well, I'm a good guy. I'm trying to be a better dad. I'm just also in – being in the gang leads to some very dark places. Are you talking about Keller or FP? I'm talking about FP. Oh, okay. Keller's not in the gang. I hope not. That would be weird. But if what if he also, is? If he's also a biker. <laughs> hey, you've seen biker cops. You went to the set of Chips. Oh, Chips. I saw that movie. It was, I'm uh, sorry. It was all right, actually. I yeah. so care to see it. I left. I like that. I like Michael Pena. Clearly, there. It, it, it's, it's as if FP is going out of his way to paint a target on his back as guilty. Yeah. Like, it's, there are so many ways where I, I would understand why he would have the jacket. Like, they made it clear. Like, he, they, they took back the drugs that they had sort of forwarded to uh, Jason Blossom. And then they put in the car, kept the jacket as I don't I guess as souvenir. I don't know. He said yeah. he said it was an insurance policy, which I don't like. M- there, maybe there's something in the jacket or something like I don't understand how the jacket itself is an insurance policy, unless like it's got leather sleeves. So maybe there's footprints in that. I, I that was a weird kind of thing. Maybe that's where Keller's fingerprints are. No. Stop saying it was Keller. God. I'm going to laugh if we get to episode 13. We're recording the podcast, and it's revealed that it was Sheriff Keller. It's not going to be Keller. How dare but, you. Well, so, either way, like, if it, yeah. it's not Keller, then I'm going to look like ass for the entire – Like when it, people, I can't wait. I know, when people listen to this show, like, after the fact, hopefully they'll listen after the fact, and be like – Man, they keep saying Sheriff Killer, and it's not even him. What idiots! I'll I'll make the I'll make this promise right now. If it is Keller, Killer Mug, okay, from the whatever wherever it is, okay. Yeah, we have a Redbubble store where we sell hashtag Sheriff Killer stuff. I might buy one anyway because I saw it and I think it looks cool. Now, where can people get Sheriff Killer stuff merchandise? By the way. Uh, I can't remember the exact link. There's a Redbubble store. It, it's going to be in the Rush. show notes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, on that note, um, one of the things that, like, when we were talking about T-shirts and stuff to do to promote the podcast, one of the things I thought would have been a cool idea was to do a shirt that said hashtag Bughead. And now, apparently, Archie Comics has trademarked Bughead. Yeah, indeed. So no, we they did both. Yeah, they did both Bughead and Bedhead. Um, but that would be a great fundraiser because I know everybody loves Bughead, so. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, still, I still have another idea for a shirt that we can do. But Yeah, that um, one we can, I just got to put it together. Uh, uh, personalized, so. Yeah, that. I will say shout out to Zach Roberts, my, my co-host on Emerald City Video Podcast, because he's the one who designed the Sheriff Killer design that even uh, Chris, who hates the Sheriff Killer thing, thinks is snazzy. If it is <laughs> Sheriff Killer, I will send a, find a way to send a shirt to Martin Cummins. <laughs> that, I, I'm sure that the CW would do it for us. Uh, before we go into the next kind yeah. of talking point about the show why don't we address some of that because we've got a handful of tweets uh in our direction from betty and juggy and mimi and guy lane 81 oh man uh, are they asking for a pink face because i got them asking for what and you mentioned sheriff killer because if she did i'd love her and i'm more than i already did i'll post the computer right now oh. <laughs> 
she she didn't mention Sheriff Killer, but she uh, offhand she kind of obliquely referenced him as the killer. So we the the biggest thing is uh, which is a really good observation is that Mimi asked if we thought that Alice Alice talking about occultism and the uh, the establishment of Nana Rose uh, was setting up for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And they mentioned Greendale. Yes. Which is on the other side of Sweetwater River. Lake. Whatever it is. River. It's a river. Yeah. River. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. It ha- like okay, now that now that we now that we know season two is coming, it was actually brought up today. A fan asked in the panel, will Sabrina be coming to season two? And Roberto, the showrunner producer, said, No comment. Which means uh, yeah. Yeah. And Pretty much. Great. Like, I, it's like when I asked Wendy Miracle about any developments with Katie Cassidy or Paley, and exactly. she started to get squirmy and went off camera. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, the, the beauty of it is, like, yes, they can't, they, it, I'm sure they'll bring Sabrina in next year. But the way they're setting up sort of what the supernatural element of the world could be is fantastic. Because it's, it's, it feels very, it feels as grounded as something can be in Riverdale, but it feels to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TJF sitcom. But also, considering that Jason was headed to the other side of the river to begin with, he would have been that's, in... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but who knows? I you don't. Know? I don't. I don't either. You, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was a good... Um, and also, just... The notion that you know what what's the grandma's name? She has a name. Nana Blossom, bro. Nana she Blossom. kept calling her Nana. Nana I, has I, dementia I, and gypsy blood. It is a quote. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that it's it's either like Nana Rose or Nana Briar Rose or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's again it's another flower name, but uh, but she looks like oh she's God. out of the comic books. Like even though even if that character never appeared in the comics, like the the one like foggy eye and the weird yeah. stripe oh, yeah. in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, see, but but, I'm hoping uh, we see a lot more of those those stripes in the hair because I, I expect at some point we're gonna get Alexander Cabot. Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. Here's a question for you. Well, but before we get on, no, too no far, it's, it's oh, okay. related to this. Okay, cool. Okay, so the bit, and this might be where you were going, but the bit where we find out that Alice had to fix a problem with the baby at one point. Could that have not been Hal's baby? Could it, she have cheated with Cliff Blossom? Oh my god, we're going, we're going through so many story things. But you know what I'm talking about. We didn't even answer the question from the listener. <laughs> I well, we, well, yeah, I yeah. Know, we are, do you guys think Sabrina's next season? Oh, hell yes. Or yeah. in the I think we probably have heard about the casting by now. Yeah, unless they like an end tag. Yeah, like where they introduce Zoom or some shit. But I think <laughs> I have a feeling that if they're if they're going to get Sabrina, I think they would probably cast a relatively big name. Yeah, I mean the, the way that you get around that is the same way that you get around it with characters like Zoom, where you. You know, the first, back of their head. Yeah, exactly. The first thing we see is the back of her head, or the cauldron, or some something yeah. that makes it very clear as to who this is. But you don't actually get to see the. It's not. Yeah. Well, it's like when Once Upon a Time first said Elsa. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. In the end of the season, you know, you just saw her from behind. Yeah, same and with they, uh, Joss Whedon casting his buddy to be Thanos for forty-two seconds, and then he is not the person who played him when the movie actually decided it needs a villain. 
Or what about all the different war machines they had? Well, that's, that's a little different. I'm kidding. Yeah, Terrence um, Howard sucks. That kind of, that's yeah. the moral of that story. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, what were you going to say, Chris? Oh, well, I was going to say, to what Craig was talking about with this, that, I, that was not a road I was expecting this episode to go down. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to. I I don't. Is it weird that I don't ever expect to feel bad for Alice? No, because I mean, she's no, like I... she's, but she's deliciously evil. Like it's amazing, but she's still a mean. So like when they make her a sympathetic figure, and you realize that Hal, who you always just kind of you all, so I don't know like, about oh you. that Hal. That's the thing. I don't know about yeah. you, but I always kind of operated under the impression that Hal just did whatever Alice told him to do. Yeah, yeah, what pretty much. What about line like "We know what you're capable of"? Or, yeah, you know, you know what, what I, I you know what I'm capable of. That's why I can't cross Alice off the list yet. Yeah, I. It's it's really interesting that that whole like the fight between the two of those characters was really kind of instructive as to who they are and what their dynamic is. I think that and very much. So- we could have assumed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll also say this. I think that in the same way, I think that they're setting up a lot of these things where people have nothing to lose, and that could get very ugly slash exciting as the season winds down. You know, there had been the reference mm-hmm. early in the season after the Dark Betty episode to how the uh, all, getting all those guys booted off the football team was setting up something much worse to come, and we still haven't seen that pay off yet. But in the same way that those people are kind of now unconnected from what was keeping them grounded and they have very little to lose, that's kind of the position that Hal's in now, where it's like, okay, well, he he basically has been playing the role of the doting husband slash father. Now that we see that that's very clearly a role, uh, what does he do when he's off the leash? And also, I'm really curious what Hiram's up to. He seems to be messing with everything. It's funny because Hiram's, like, they, they haven't exactly explained what the Sodale thing is. It looks like it's just condos or something. Yeah. But uh, the Sodale project so, so reminds me of, uh, and of course now I can't remember the name of it, but the, uh, the real estate project that Ben and Jerry Horn were trying to get developed in Twin Peaks that was driving, like, the chunk of the narrative in the first season. Uh, when, hmm. which, which ironically is, like, they, they were trying to get the lumber mill and you know it, it kind of cu- that story culminated with them setting fire to the mill which yeah. very much could be essentially what Hiram did by forcing the uh, the movie theater out of business like it's again it's another one of those like very very twin peaksy things where you're just like yeah it's, you're going to bring you know cuz the thing that always struck me as odd was that uh, they were gambling everything in twin peaks on the idea that like once they forced this lumber mill out of business and basically forced the town into poverty that they could they could somehow bring tourists into this remote location to make up the, the difference in revenue instead of crushing the local economy. And it kind of seems like Hiram is making essentially the same bet. Huh. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that's just like really interesting about the situation is it's like everybody is a chess piece and you don't know where they fit in because you also have characters like Josie's mom, the mayor, even though we haven't seen her in a few weeks was involved in those negotiations which got, you know, Fred the contract and sold Hiram and Lodge. You yeah. know, it's just all... 
it's all weirdly connected. And also, like, what is FP going to gain by having his his buddies be on the crew aside from perhaps gaining uh, Fred's trust some more, which probably will be misplaced. Yeah. You know, that's another question. And uh, Yeah, uh, uh, a thing, by the way, on that, which... Sorry? Go on. Uh, the thing that I was going to say, because uh, Mimi C just asked us this, and it ties into the idea of kind of that deal, is who do you think ratted out Fred and Hermione to Hiram? Because that's kind of an interesting piece that was brought up this time. Ooh. Do we know? Oh, here's here's oh, Veronica. No, she's still pissed. I was thinking Alice, maybe, but I'm also curious if Mary's return to town is orchestrated by Hiram. Although I think it's a homecoming dance. So maybe not. Yeah, it's it's weird because we've seen photos and like we've seen them in kind of dance clothes. So maybe that maybe it's a thing where the, it's, it's like a high school reunion situation or something. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting theory, the idea that Hiram could have set that up, especially because up to this point, based on the way KJ and uh, and – we kind of assuming that was generally not a bad, you know, they, they, that it's kind of a, okay, well, she's here and she kind of knows the temperature in the room. You know, KJ yeah. had said outright that when she comes, she pretty much immediately figures out that Fred has a girlfriend, essentially. Uh, yeah. And I didn't get the impression that that breaks her heart. So uh, it, if if that was indeed something that was set up by Hiram to mess with people, that would be a really interesting kind of wrench to throw into that equation because that equation so far seems to be not very drama-filled. Now let me pose a question about Molly Ringwald's visit to Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Does Fred tell her that their student slept with a teacher? Tying in with the, isn't that the same episode where we find out about the whole Grundy thing? I don't. I don't know. I think it is. I think it's episode. It was in the episode description, wasn't it, Russ? Uh, I think so. I I, I could be wrong. Um, let me let me see if but I can bring them up while we're talking. The whole school finds out about Archie and Miss Grundy, though. What happened? As mm-hmm. far as yeah, which is a good example of something I would rather they not tell us in the episode description. But that's a whole other conversation. That got spoiled for me a very long time ago. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. It's a principal thing. Well, it's like when those like Australian trailers would give away major arrow twists like right before the air. Like, hey, yeah. look, here's Colin Donald in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, Felicity's not dead. Oh, uh, anyway. Are you sure? Yeah, oh yeah. Well they they get I'm talking about last season, but when they had the mid season premiere that trailer gave away that not only was she not actually dead, but also that she was in a wheelchair, if you remember. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, the Canadian trailer for the Smallville finale actually showed between Lex and his sister Tess, where he kills her. Squad in the Smallville reference. Fuck yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, so here's the, here's the answer for our question. Uh, the episode synopsis for Chapter 10, The Lost Weekend. True Feelings, guest starring Molly Ringwald. When Fred, Luke Perry, decides to finalize the divorce with Archie's mother, Mary, guest star Molly Ringwald, Archie, KJ Appa, hides his true feelings. Archie tries to win Valerie, guest star Haley Law, 
back with a romantic evening, however, Betty hijacks the plans when she decides to throw Jughead a party. Uh, once Cheryl learns of the party, she decides to make it interesting and things quickly get out of control. Meanwhile, Veronica contemplates whether she should partip- participate in the deposition to help get her dad released. So it does not say anything here about uh, episode 10 being the one where people find out about Grundy. Um, I believe that might have been episode 9, because I remember thinking at the time that episode 9 sounded like... uh, I I was thinking that what would happen essentially is that the Grundy of it all comes to light, and that's how Archie and, uh, and Val end up breaking up. But obviously now that we've seen the trailer for the next episode, and he's sucking face with Cheryl Blossom, there's a whole lot of reasons why things could go bad between him and his girlfriend. Oh, Archie. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. But yeah, next week's episode seems to be, the, the theme of the episode very much seems to be that people have stuff that they've been hiding that is coming out. Uh, next week's episode is the, is the one where uh, Veronica is going to uh, find out a secret about her father's eagle, illegal doings uh, that apparently it, it somehow hurt people in Riverdale and, and one of whom is I'm assuming Ethel Muggs because it says the sheep of friends a student and all of the official promotional photos from this episode are like Veronica and Ethel yeah it's actually in talking to Camilla today she said that almost every scene she has next week is with Ethel so oh, and, uh, Betty and Juggy tells us they have released the Riverdale WonderCon reel Oh, nice. Oh, and go watch it, because it's really good. Yeah. Real good. But then come back and listen to us some more. So oh, sure. I promise I won't do any more like bad impressions. Uh, Betty and Juggy also asked earlier if, if we thought the, that the insinuation about Alice and an abortion could be that that's what happened to Chick Cooper. Yes. Oh. I buy it. Uh, which certainly, oh. yeah, I, I would buy that. In the world of Riverdale, the fact that he hasn't been mentioned yet and he's not in any of the family photos certainly indicates there is no Cooper brother. Although in Archie's first appearance, he wanted people to call him Chick. Yeah. What? Archie trivia. In the comics. Pet. Oh. Um, oh. Mimi also wants us to discuss FP not being evil because she loves him and he can't be evil. Here's the yeah. thing. I love FP. Here's the thing. I love Skeet. I love Skeet Ulrich. I love Skeet Ulrich as the murderer in Scream. I love Skeet Ulrich from Jericho. I love Skeet Ulrich from everything he's in. I also really like FP. I don't think he's a killer. But I think he's up to some seriously bad shit in over his head. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I I agree with that. But I I I don't think think it's murder. No, I don't think so. That's shift. And I also, I, I genuinely, I believe him when he tells Jughead that he's A, not involved, and B, does not know who killed Jason. But I also think yeah. there's a distinct possibility that he doesn't know who killed Jason because of willful ignorance. That he is in a position where he could know if he asked the right person and he's chosen to this, up to this point not to. Yeah, I, I could buy that. Uh, before we go into the next thing, I did want to say one more thing, too, because uh, Guy Lane has, has hit us up with a couple of questions. And unfortunately, they're, they're kind of in the – they keep being in the vein of what uh, Mimi is saying, so we've gone to her first. Guy Lane said, I wonder what FP meant during his last scene about everyone having a role to play. And he says he wonders what FP's role is and what, about, and what that has, means for Jughead. 
Hmm. Maybe FP is a stooge for the real leader of the serpents. Um, Stop it. <laughs> Don't say killer. I'll say Don't sheriff. Say... I'll just say sheriff. The I, of the serpent. I don't. I, I don't know if he's a stooge. I don't think FP is the top of the food chain, but I think he holds a probably, I would wager, a pretty high rank within the service organization. I just stuck with it too. You know what I mean? Like he just got in so deep. Yeah, I. I yeah, think. I, I think he didn't intend to become like a, a member of a violent gang. I think he intended to like get by. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think that what we saw this week kind of supports all of that. Not just that fundamentally he doesn't necessarily want to be a bad guy, but also that he like he's powerful enough at the very least to walk into that room and make everybody leave Archie alone. Yeah. He's like he's got he's he's something. We just don't know what. But I like I don't I mean, I honestly don't believe I don't think the serpents are involved. I think they're involved well, think with drugs. Is. You think Hiram's involved with the murder? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Hiram, I, I think Hiram's involved with wherever the, the drugs were going to. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I, my, my instinct, my instinct is that that's true. My instinct is that Hiram is going to have a hand in pretty much all of the illegal doings that happened. Whether it is whether he's actually responsible or not. And I certainly think there's a possibility, you know, going back to my point from last week about the, or last episode about the idea that I think Clifford Blossom could be the guy. If that's the case, it it wouldn't surprise me if what's happened is that Jason got tangled up in something bigger than him between the Blossoms and Hiram. Because Ooh. all of this stuff that we've been talking about and the, you know, the thing of Josie's mom not being able to tell anybody that Hiram is the buyer because the Blossoms would freak out. All of that, like, it's only really been mentioned. We haven't explored it at all. So whatever's going on between the Blossoms and Hiram has to feed into the last few episodes in a big way. That's it. See, and that makes me think... That makes me think we might end up seeing Hiram. We've got. I mean, are we? Do we know if we're seeing Hiram for sure before the end of the season? Cammy said no. Yeah, but today they were kind of a little more vague about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Someone asked if we would see uh, Jughead's mom or Hiram. Yes. Soon, and he says you'll see at least one of them sooner than you think. Well, that's so it makes you wonder if they've got like inserts with Hiram. Yeah, it's interesting because at a bare minimum, we were told bluntly by Cole that you would not see his mom or Jellybean this season. And then we were told bluntly by Camila that we will not see Hiram. So one of the two was either mistaken or misleading us literally while they were shooting the finale. My guess is that it it would be Cammy because... they were just like... Yeah, well... my my guess is that it's Cammy who was either mistaken because things kept changing or something like that, because she also told us at that time that the original plan had been to have her father and that it changed when the ending changed. <laughs> it would, I, I, I hope we, I hope we see Hiram, even if it's just like a weird 
shot of him in prison. Or just his hand, I'll get you, get yeah. it next time. <laughs> Andrews. <laughs> How dare you sexy up my wife. And your little dog, too. And your little son, too. Oh, oh not Vegas. Oh, and Cole said that he's a hot dog in Vegas shipper today. Nice. Aren't we all? That's a ship I can get behind. Do it. So I talked to someone about this episode, and I said, you know, it wasn't my favorite. And while I understand that, it felt like such a good building episode. Yeah. yeah. Like there was so much to build on and it set so many like it set up a bunch of dominoes to knock over. Oh yeah. In like the last few episodes. It's weird to think there's only five left after it. But also it's there's five what? Five seems like a lot. Well also the weird thing is about it, this show in particular eight episodes and so much has happened. Yeah, they yeah. they matched back a lot in. And but there nothing has felt like a filler episode either. Oh, uh, by by the way, in terms of episodes we have left, in talking to Roberto today, he said next week's episode has his favorite of the season. Uh-oh. So some shit is going down. Don't know what. He wouldn't tell me. I also asked him who killed Jason Blossom. <laughs> Did he tell you that? Uh, no. 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 Sarah Schechter made a joke. <laughs> That's about it. What would be really funny is if one of us was interviewing and they had been listening to the podcast, like, oh, yeah, it's Sheriff Killer. Why would they say just, that? It's going to be him. But just to throw us off, it's like a joke. Being serious for a change. Uh, it's interesting how the fans, and maybe it's because of Ski, maybe it's because of his connection to Jughead, but it's over FP, they want him to be an okay guy in the end. Mm-hmm. I want him to be an okay guy in the end. Whereas, like, Killer, everybody's like, oh, whatever. He's Sheriff Keller. Nobody says that. People respect Sheriff Keller because he's the law. Yeah, the law doing the Blossoms dirty work. As we all do. So are the Blossoms and Hiram working together? No, I think that they are... I think that they're enemies, and I think that I think that Keller is smart enough not to overtly fly in the face okay. of either one of them. Like, one of the things that you've seen a lot this season is when he's directly challenged by the Blossoms. Like, in the funeral episode, for instance, he elects not to say anything. Like, he just doesn't get into the fight, whether he's right or wrong. You know, uh, the closest thing he's really done to putting himself in the middle of a conflict is to literally break up fights. Uh, I, I think that he, like, whether he's a whether he's a good guy, a bad guy, or somewhere in between, I think that one of the things that we have seen about Sheriff Keller is that he very much would like to fly under the radar and not get caught in these kind of turf wars that are going on between Hiram and the Serpents and the Blossoms and the Coopers, because it's it's clearly not good for him to to be stuck there. Totally different note. Oh, I mean that. I mean, honestly, that's smart. That's the way I'd be playing things. You know, I don't yeah. like. Uh, I feel so bad for the normal people in this town. Oh, I know. Which, maybe two, but I feel because I'm like I'd be like like I'm very much someone who would be like I don't I don't feel comfortable with everything that's happening here. I'm just going to sit off to the side by myself, stay out of it. 
yeah, I that's fair. Something that you had tweeted the night of the show, Russ, about how they're still discussing top secret information inside the student lounge. Yes. Where's Tinker to go, you know, rat them out? But you tweeted it. I thought that was really funny. And, you know, the funny thing is, we talked about this last time. Now that they've established the blue and gold as a location, and as far as I can tell, it's really just Betty and Jughead who run the whole paper. Like, but why, just why would you ever be in that student lounge? Like, unless you really need something from the vending machine, I feel like I would spend all of my hangout time in the room where we could be alone. Really freaking comfortable, though. That's true. Uh, quick thing before we head on to the next point. Uh, Mimi asked what kind of, or where is Vegas? We never see him. What kind of dog is he? I believe he looked like a, like a golden retriever in the... Did we not see Vegas in one of the pilots? Yeah, we saw saw him in one of the first couple of episodes, because I I distinctly remember him, they were in that entryway, the green one where there's the thing hanging on the wall, like the basket for the mail, and I remember that Luke and KJ were in the scene, and the dog was like running between them. So we've definitely seen yeah. the dog, and it's one of those, like, short-haired, white-haired golden retrievers. Yeah. Good-looking mutt. Yeah. Good-looking pup. But, yes, the, the fact it's that... still no hot... The fact that we still haven't seen Hot Dog and the fact that Vegas is, is a, an occasional guest star uh, is, is interesting. It's kind of like these people own dogs in the same way that most people on television have jobs. Like, yeah. eh, when we need it for the story, he'll be there. Yeah, but uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm- I will say this episode. You know, I love Archie and Fred. In spite of the fact that Archie did some really dumbass things this episode, he did it because he was trying to do the right thing by his dad, which I appreciate because he is so often so self-centered that seeing him do the right thing by anybody is is nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, but is it out of character? Well, I don't even think it's out of character because I think fundamentally he's like FP. I think he wants to be a good guy and it just doesn't come to him naturally. But I I will say you also burn all of that goodwill. It's like you spend an episode building up that Archie is like trying to be a good guy and do right by his dad. And then like next time on Riverdale, Archie makes out with Cheryl. And you're just like, what the actual hell, man? Val is so too good for you. Oh, Mimi says Archie's the worst. Archie, <laughs> Mimi, listen, Mimi. I get you and I agree with you. Archie's the fucking worst. Like, he, I understand, but but I also get why. Like, he's kind of a dumb teenager puppy. He's a, Yeah, he's, he's, he's dug a- from up, which I think we said before. Yeah, I, I related that to, K- to KJ. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's that. that's who he is. And I kind of don't want him any other way. Like, I like it. I'm fine with it. But yeah, he's, he sucks. <laughs> um, as far as I can see, the only... Uh, I mean, there's been a handful of comments that we don't necessarily have to address every comment that people make, especially if it's the same people over and over. Um. The two things that uh, that we haven't addressed that I think are kind of interesting is Guy Lane. He doesn't tell us why exactly. Guy Lane 81 uh, chimed in to say that he doesn't believe Sheriff Keller is the killer, but he thinks it's Kevin. Kevin? I actually have heard a handful of people online say Kevin Keller. I haven't heard a compelling uh, kind of reason as to why. I think the 
whole gay killer thing would be kind of weird, though. Yeah, I, I, well, and also, frankly, Kevin ha- Kevin is the most successful new Archie character created in the last 20 years. So I kind of doubt that they would throw that away. Plus, he's just too damn lovable, this Kevin. Well. <laughs> well. Archie's swell. <laughs> Betty and Juggy point out, you got to cut Archie some slack because he is a typical 15-year-old unlike everybody else. See, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, I believe I wrote a story to that effect at one point where it was like, yes, Archie sucks, but he sucks because he's an actual teenager. Like, he's doing dumb... Granted, when I was a teenager, I didn't sleep with my super hot music teacher because he wasn't that hot and he was a he, and that's not my thing. But if Sarah Havel had been my music teacher... Holy cow. I <laughs> wouldn't have done anything, but I would have thought about it. Even if she had, like, the heart glasses. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hot music teacher. But, like, you know, Archie, does, Archie he's, he's a 15-year-old who's very, I would say, sheltered to the way the world works and the way the world is. And in doing so, he makes stupid decisions, he's kind of conceited, he thinks he's hot shit because he's on the football team, he's kind of mean to his friends sometimes, but again, he's a 15-year-old kid with, like, raging hormones, he's just kind of there. Actually, I want to say something nice about Archie for a change. (laughs) I like that sequence with him and Jughead playing video games. Oh, yeah. It's something like, you're like a brother to me, and it's like, yeah, nice bro whisper. Yeah. That was a good moment. It, it really was. I, I like, and I, I'm a sucker for those two. Like when those guys have genuine interactions. Um, and part of that is just like me being the comic book guy. Like I love the idea of Archie and Jughead being buddies. Like if there's any one thing that bothered me about the, the premiere, it actually wasn't the Grundy, although that was obviously icky as much as it was the fact that Archie and Jughead weren't getting along. Yeah. Um, I did want to, one more thing, and again, we're, we're kind of all over the place uh, in, in terms of direction this week, yeah, but uh, part of this is being live and the fact that we're taking questions for the first time. Uh, I am absolutely going to butcher this Twitter handle, uh, so I'm just going to say Sham. Um, Sham asked us, or asked me, uh, will there be any uh, LGTBQ plus relationships? Uh, the answer to, the, to that, the short answer to that is yes. Um, the, the somewhat longer answer is we don't know exactly when, who, or what shape it's going to take, but the writers have been very open about the fact that they, they are pursuing that and that they just haven't found the combination yet that works for well, they, this show and the story. I mean, they have one. They have Kevin and Joaquin. Yeah, but I think in light of what happened this week, that's hard to count. But I think Joaquin actually does care about him. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. You know, that whole bit where he's like, you know, but he likes me. You know, it was like, it seemed like a moment of weakness, which was well done. Um, Yeah, so. But but, yeah, I'm sure they'll definitely explore that. And that was, that actually came up at the panel today, too. Somebody Mm -hmm. actually asked about Veronica. Because they're, because of the Betty and Veronica ship. And Lily actually, like, talked about that a little bit. And And Roberto said, never say never. And uh, Ashley says that Archie and Jughead should make out because Archie's made out with everyone else already. Anyway. <laughs> That's true. So, fact. Uh, yeah, that I mean, incest? no. Archie and Jughead? No, they're not. Because they're kind of brothers. <laughs> no, they're brothers. 
They're bros. Okay. They are they are at least thirty percent less actual brothers than the Wests, so we'll just leave that. Oh, I didn't say that, and anymore. we and we can't delete that because listen, Twitter, I didn't say that. Yeah. That well, was, hey, I'm a comic book guy, man. There's literally no part of me that isn't all about uh, Barry and Iris. I just think that it was a storytelling mistake to make them step siblings, because. If you know for a fact that they're endgame, why do you do that? But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else we haven't talked about yet. Because everybody, one of the great things about this episode, uh, like, like Chris said, I understand if, if this wasn't your favorite episode because it wasn't as kind of big as some of the recent ones. But one of the things I really liked about this episode is everybody got some time to shine. Almost everybody had some. Except for Josie. Even if it was like a moment. Uh, like, I actually tweeted that Marisol had my favorite line read for her character yet this season. And it was it was literally, like, as an actor, I'm sure Marisol would take umbrage to that. Because the line read was when, uh, uh, when Veronica asked her to talk to Alice. And her response was something like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> but just the, the delivery was perfect. And it was just, it was so funny, especially because we're used to Hermione being very diplomatic and very political and having these kind of, almost everything she says is, a, I won't say a long speech, but almost everything she says is a mouthful of dialogue. Like Marisol has to have a pretty decent memory. And so to have like such a funny delivery on such a funny line and have it be like just that, it was like to me. It was so out of character for her that it added to the humor. Well, one thing um, puts Riverdale ahead of a lot of CW shows in general over the years is I love that all of the adults are fully formed characters with you know thoughts and dreams and feelings of their own, yeah. motivations of their own, and they all got to shine this week, which I thought was really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I know that Chris wanted to get into this, so why don't we move on to this? Move on this way uh, with uh, Tierra um, Polly, because um, Polly this week was it was interesting. Uh, she she made a, a really questionable decision in the last moments of the episode, but along the way, she got a lot to do. Like you really like, I really felt for her, and I understood where she was coming from. I think there's something else going on. Yeah, I think Polly has a plan. I don't think she, I don't think she's just throwing in with the blossoms. I think I think she's up to something. That wouldn't that wouldn't shock me, honestly. Be like her sister, who's like is trying or to like, find out, or like her mother, who's trying to unblossom. That's true. Like I think there's something more sinister play. When I talked to Machen, she uh, kind of hinted that like we will find out that there's more going on than we might know about but we'll, we'll see but like i think there's something going on there because like if you look at the photos from the next episode it's super super like stepford blossoms yeah I, i'm like polly what happened you were in an institution like not long ago so yeah i think there's something going on i'll just say that and i'm curious what's gonna pair archie and cheryl Based on the trailer, uh, Archie. Well, I actually kind. I actually kind of know because the episode is about the Blossom family does the first 
tree tapping for maple syrup of the year. Right. In the past, it's always been uh, Jason that did the tapping. But Jason, I don't know if you guys know this, Jason Blossom died. Yeah, Jason uh, used to be alive. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, (laughs) And so Cheryl's doing it this year, and Archie helps her out. Like, Archie for the tapping. I'm I'm willing to bet he gets it since it's like it's a big thing for the town. Yes. So half of me thinks like he's been invited because he's like the football star who looks kind of like Jason. Like, it's yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's a party involved with some live music. Uh, first of all, because in the promotional photos we've seen that the Blossoms apparently gift him a guitar. But also, uh, when we spoke with KJ on the set. Uh, Craig asked him about kind of Archie and the Blossoms and whether we would see more of that that dynamic. And KJ's response was something along the lines of, you're going to see a little bit of that because that family being wealthy and influential means that they have something to do on the music side. Oh, okay. I buy that. So that, that probably is part of what you're seeing. Um, certainly, like, apparently Archie just has a really sexualized take on music, because every person who has been involved with his music career, except for that dude who didn't want to tutor him, uh, ended up getting a little, getting a little bit of red Archie. We don't know, like, listen, we didn't see everything was between him and that tutor. That's true. You never know. Here's an interesting question for Mimi. Is the maple syrup thing in the comics? I don't think not that I'm aware of. Um, it's certainly not a big part of New Riverdale. Um, and I don't have any recollection of it, which now that I see the tweet is exactly what Mimi said. Um, but I, I don't remember it from the pre-reboot Archie at all. But my, as we've talked about in the past, my my recall on some of the pre-reboot stuff is not great. Yeah. So uh, that, you know, that, could it could be there and I wouldn't know. And Betty and Juggy also pointed out that, you know, in the comic books, Polly is a reporter, which would explain uh, her, you know, <clears throat> the blossoms with an ulterior motive. Absolutely it would. Yeah. Oh. And then uh that I, this is my opportunity to point out once again that you know, she's uh, Betty and Juggy say maybe she wanted to, to move in with the Blossom so she could get into Jason's room and get something from there. If that is the case, which seems pretty credible, um, I'm going to go ahead and guess once again that that blue gym bag has something to do with it. Because that, yeah. that bag that was in the foreground of that one shot, nobody's gone back to it yet. Yeah. One of the things I love about the mystery on this show is everything has been a slow burn. So there's so much stuff where I keep saying like, yeah, they set that up and it hasn't paid off yet. That's not a complaint. I'm really, I'm digging the fact that you, you know, you don't have everything paying off immediately. There's enough stuff that pays off quickly that you don't get bored and you don't feel like you're being strung along. But I really enjoy the fact that there's so much stuff in this show that still hasn't been a hundred percent resolved from the first two episodes. I would, I, I would agree. I like that we're kind of being left hanging on some of this stuff because it's going to make the payoff sweet. Um, 
me think. Is there any other characters we haven't talked about? Because, again, I want to make sure to run down everybody. I feel like with no notes, I just want to kind of do a mental checklist and be like, okay, we talked about everybody so that we don't. Got everybody. We've been yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a heck of an episode in terms of everybody being every, – like, there were so many moving parts. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so any closing thoughts uh, before we go around and do our, our uh, killer theories and, and whatever else? I'm just glad the show's back. Me too. Like, that's all I got. Like, yeah. honestly, that's, that's the only thought I have. Like, thank God it's back. And I'm glad we have a season two coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, again, we talked about this at the time, but uh, it, I, I'm really glad that we didn't go into this, like, mini hiatus not knowing there was a season two. Yeah. yeah. Because having the show be gone for a couple of weeks while still having the potential for cancellation dangling over our heads would have been really difficult. Uh, and it would have made for, I think, a lot less, you know, speaking for you guys... I think it would have made for a lot less celebratory and a lot more like a different dynamic in the, the WonderCon panel. Hey, it was better than the time after time panel. Oh wait, that was canceled today. That's harsh. Yeah. Apparently they ended up showing the iZombie season premiere because the time after time panel was canceled because the show was canceled. Ouch. That's too bad. You know, I always feel like, and, and again, this is kind of off topic, but I'll, I'll allow it. Um, I always feel like when, a show is canceled, especially because like time after time, you know, it, its fan base was pretty vocal. Even if it wasn't big enough to keep the show alive, they were passionate. And so I, I always kind of feel like that sucks. Like I get that you don't want to fly everybody out for that. But the other side of that is it's a nice way to kind of give the fans one last kind of go round. Yeah. But then again, at least it wasn't something like frequency where the lead actress has already signed on to something new. Yeah, and they haven't officially canceled that show yet, but they're just, everybody's acting like it's dead. Yeah. They're just going to shock us and announce that No Tomorrow will be back for season two. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, so, one last thing from uh, one last thing from Mimi. She points out that uh, based on the, the one shot, and also I would add from some dialogue in the pilot, because they said they mentioned Rockland County, that uh, Riverdale is is located basically where she lives. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey. Go to yeah. Uh, this recently, actually, uh, she and I were talking about where she lived because they had the uh, in the in the city or, or Long Island, someplace like that. There's an Alamo theater in an Alamo Draft House in New York, and they screened the 2001 Josie and the Pussycats movie. Very cool. And uh, that was a thing where if I had found out about it a little bit earlier, I probably would have gone. But I found out it was like screening on a Saturday and I found out about it on, you know, Thursday night or something. And it was just, I, I couldn't justify the cost and the time and the blah, blah, blah. But when I mentioned that to her on Twitter, she's like, oh, that's right near me. Maybe I'll just go. Huh. Cool. Right on. So. All right. right. Well, yeah, let's do our killer count because. I'm, I feel like with so much that was revealed this week, there's probably some changes. Yeah, why don't we start with uh, Why don't we start with Craig and see if we can get him to say anybody besides the sheriff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, if it's not the sheriff, I'm going. I think Hiram's be, got something to do with this. Like, but I also I now think Alice Cooper is the one who tortured Jason. 
I wouldn't just go throw that on the table. That's that's an interesting thought, and that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. Um, well, I uh, I think there's something deeper, darker going on with Hal, and it freaks me out. So I'm gonna have to go with Hal for this week. Again, it changes every week based on what happens in the episode. <laughs> but like this week, you, you got some shit, Hal. I don't trust you, dog. I, I'm still I'm still feeling my my theory that Clifford Blossom is involved. Um, I know that you don't like that theory because it would mean that he had to torture his own kid, assuming in, that he is in fact Clifford's kid. But uh, uh, maybe Jason even if sick. even if he's not the one who did the torturing, I, I, I genuinely think that uh, Clifford Blossom is is directly involved, as in ordered it and or could have stopped it. Uh, and and. You know, there were a lot of things that came out this week that really put a lot of people in a negative light, but it all kind of feels like the knot tightening more than anything else. Like, I feel like pieces are being placed on the chessboard and that very soon we're going to start to see some things come into focus. But nobody, uh, nobody looked to me guiltier of actually doing it this week people just looked guiltier of some kind of involvement okay so they said that you know we would be shocked or whatever could it be fred that'd be really fun no. yeah i just really don't think so yeah, um really messed up but i i mean again part of part of it for me is that supposed to think of things this way because it kind of shoots the drama in the foot a little bit but we talked about this in the very first episode like okay guys it's not archie betty jughead veronica probably not kevin like there there are characters who exist as properties that need to be exploited in the comics potentially in movies and other tv shows and you're not gonna have Jughead be the killer, even if Cole really likes the idea. What about Reggie? Uh, again, Reggie is a weird one because I think I, I think the the chances of it are very small because he is a character who people know and love. I also think because he's a jerk and a bully in the comics, it changes the math a little bit because a jerk and a bully in the very dark world of Riverdale, um, is is potentially violent. Um. Betty and Juggy, by the way, point out points out that uh, a Clifford looks deranged when he's smiling while welcoming Polly, Polly in, and b that they still have not addressed what Hal was doing with the evidence and whether Alice knows about that. Yeah, the interesting thing is with her kicking him out. I actually thought about this last night. Um, with her kicking him out, if she does not know about that, then she's probably going to find out soon because I don't get the impression that he spent a whole lot of time packing. So I doubt that he cleaned up his, like, I doubt that he cleaned up the evidence before getting out of the house. Um, so that's the kind of thing where if you're, if you're cleaning the house and you find that your husband stole all the evidence, uh, that is going to be a really interesting moment for, for the Coopers. That's why this is a good show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I like the most about this show is and it, this is the same thing I like about comics and to a lesser extent to a lot of the comic book TV shows. I really enjoy having the ability to kind of make all of this kind of informed speculation 
uh, where a lot of it is probably totally wildly wrong. But there's like five or six different kind of elaborate scenarios that we've come up with that could explain the the murder mystery in a credible way. And that would be really interesting and set up some cool stuff for the second season. Yeah. And, and uh, we don't know which, if any of those things are actually accurate. But like, like we said, we've been right about some things like Joaquin being placed there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm, I really, and this is where you kind of diverge from say Twin Peaks, like Twin Peaks, the murder mystery was always kind of a canard. You know, if you know the history of the show, they originally didn't actually intend to resolve it. And so as I was watching that show the first time, I don't remember having a lot of theories about who killed Laura because it always kind of seemed like the actual identity of the murderer was not as important as what happened in town as a result of the murder. I'd agree. And so to me, it's, it's so interesting that uh, this show spawns so many kind of theories because that's also true of Riverdale in a lot of ways that it's more about the characters and it's more about the town and it's more about the kind of world building than it is about the murder mystery itself. But they've built the murder mystery into the DNA of these characters in this town so effectively that I feel like you really, like if you're engaged with this show, you're making those guesses, you know? Yeah. All right, folks. So uh, that is, that's going to be it. I think for us, uh, this is uh, a a nice, I think we've talked Riverdale right into the fucking ground. Yeah. We covered a lot in this episode, you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and again, that the show covered a lot in this episode. And, and when you actually kind of sit and think about stuff, it's it's surprising how much was going on in there. Um, yeah. So it, it's certainly like it's it's really interesting to get a sense for so many of the characters who don't get a lot of screen time, which is I think what happened a lot this season or this yeah. episode. Excuse me. Yeah. There was like there were a lot of people who got a lot of screen time, or not a lot of screen time, but a lot of character development who don't get a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. And so what that meant for the show is that it makes the world richer and it puts pieces on the board in creative ways. And I know we already talked about it, but I'm just going to say it one more time. Holy shit, Machen. Like, that was like just a fucking powerhouse performance. Like, I just, you know, and part of it goes part of that credit uh, i'll say a very small amount of the credit but some of the credit goes to the writers because they set up a character who was so kind of violently unlikable that when you see her humanity it's a gut punch but it wouldn't have flown it would have felt out of character and strange if Chen hadn't been just so goddamn good like yeah. i love her and i've loved her for years i think this like this episode was probably my favorite performance of her career. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and, and as we're wrapping up, I just, I felt like that was the thing that was worth mentioning because we, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time talking about how much uh, Alice Cooper sucks. Um, well, <laughs> and it, it shouldn't. Because of her, I mean, except for her performing here so well. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. Like, 
uh, and we've talked about this a little bit with, with all these characters. Like there, there's not really a weak link on the cast. And so when we're like making fun of a character or making fun of a writing decision or whatever, um, it's not because the, the writing or the acting is bad. It's because like it's effective enough that it's making us feel that way. Like they do a, like this is, they've done a really good job of building her to be a certain kind of character. And this episode flew in the face of that in a way that was really interesting. Um, you know, we and it's funny to me because, you know, I feel like we saw in the pilot, this idea that she was terrible to Betty and that the reason she was terrible to Betty was because she felt like she screwed up with Polly. And I felt like, you know, I feel like there's an element of Alice taking her anger at herself out on her kids. And this episode really drives that similar theme home because this episode and episode six, when we first meet Polly are the two times when we really see her as a human and as a parent, you know, we talked at the time about seeing her, kind of almost breaking down as they were dragging Polly away from her in the asylum. And so to me, I feel like this episode was the moment where she probably because of her conversation with Betty saw, uh, saw an opportunity for redemption and an opportunity to be a mom again. And I think that as a result of that, I think that everything with her was very, very raw because I think everything that we've seen so far this season was her punishing herself and the people around her for what she perceives as failure. And now we're getting this story where maybe she feels like she's not a hundred percent a failure. And that gives her, it's kind of the opposite of what I said about, her husband where he's out of the house now and it's like, well, he's dangerous because he has nothing to like, he has nothing, you know? Uh, it, it's kind of the opposite for Alice. I feel like this episode could potentially be a real turning point for her because she's getting motivation back. Yeah. So that's just going to lead to our next five episodes, seeing what she does. All right, gentlemen, why don't we talk about where people can find you? Yes, I will start. Uh, you can find me at ksitetv.com. I'm also on Twitter at Riverdale TV for my Riverdale stuff. That's probably where you want to go. There's actually a Facebook page for my Riverdale news too, uh, facebook.com slash Riverdale TV. Of course, you can find this podcast at Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast, on iTunes and on Facebook. And... Great review. Yeah, yep. right write nice reviews like talk about how great i am and talk about how much better i am no i'm just kidding i I, you know Uh, i will say uh we talked we've talked a little bit before about how much we love the the riverdale fandom and like everybody like there there are very very few people who are negative in this in this fandom and uh for me right well you know no i love like like the messages we got while we were recording the podcast yeah, well, and, and I was going to say, too, it's reflected in our, like, in our reviews. Like, you know, we, we have uh, just a, like, like a peek behind the curtain. We have about a thousand people, give or take, li- listening to each episode of the podcast. And we haven't gotten any, like, hate mail. We haven't gotten, you know, even our reviews on iTunes are really, really good. And I, I think that's as much a reflection 
on kind of the general positivity and enthusiasm of this audience as it is a reflection on what we're putting together. I hope the fandom stays this way and doesn't get crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a danger because we, we know how successful shows operate. The audience base expands people, you know, they don't get what they want and it gets ugly. Um, so far we've seen none of that with Riverdale and it's really, really nice. And it was really positive at the WonderCon panel too. It was like, there was a lot of just happiness and enthusiasm. I will point out, that I think Luke Perry got the second largest applause when he walked out of anybody. Yeah, everybody loves Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Nice oh yeah. But last yeah. night, last night we were having a we were having a slow traffic night on the site, and I just I told the people who were working with me just retweet all of our Cole Sprouse stuff, anything that we've published. Just you know, because if Riverdale's on, Cole's the thing that's going to drive. Uh, you know, because people love Cole. You know, I think I told you guys, I put a, a short video up on my YouTube page literally just because I needed to extract the audio from it. And it was the easiest way I could do it was to put it up on here and use KeepVid. And it was like, I, I put it up, forgot about it. And then I like woke up the next day and I had all these notifications because like 110,000 people had watched it and a bunch of people commented. Dang. And I'm just like, holy crap, that's Cole Sprouse. <laughs> yeah. Like, the most views on that channel, because, like, it, I don't promote it, it's not a, like, the most views of anything on that channel prior to the Cole Sprouse interview was, like, seven. <laughs> and so, just yeah. crazy. Uh, people find you. People can find me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. That's really long, and I'm not going to repeat it, so ECV underscore podcast, that's the Emerald City Video Podcast. It's another show that I do where myself and a bunch of people who used to work at a video store with me talk about movies. We do not, in fact, talk about the television show Emerald City. Um, I'm clarifying this because after you guys made that joke in our first episode, um, actually Mimi recently told me, like, oh, I thought that you were serious. I thought that was about Emerald City. I didn't know you talked about movies. Now I'm going to check out your show. <laughs> What? She doesn't want to hear you talk about Emerald City, the TV show? Uh, you know, I guess not. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's how you can find me. You can get both Archie Digest, the Riverdale podcast, and the Emerald City video podcast, either on Podbean, on iTunes, on uh, – uh, there's at least one other place. Oh, on Facebook. <laughs> uh, so please do, you know – Listen, rate, review. Like I said, we're, we're having a, a ball doing this show, and so I'm really, really glad that the feedback's been so positive. Before we sign off, I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Brian Patterson, who's one of the staff writers on Riverdale, who uh, was one of the first people to I, – I can't remember if, it was li if he liked or retweeted it, but when I posted the tweet that we were going to be taking questions and broadcasting live this episode – Within like two seconds, Brian Patterson showed up in my Twitter timeline. Oh, nice. So it's always nice when the people who are actually involved with the show uh, kind of show us some love. Uh, they're, they're super, super interactive. I mean, Riverdale's been on for eight episodes. I've been covering Arrow for four years. And the folks on Arrow, I, I get along with every one of them. I really enjoy them. But like in terms of like their – like enthusiasm and support for the fandom and, and for like 
stuff like you know the stories that I write or the the podcasts. Girl pens are scary. Like no, I and this is literally not a complaint about them. I'm using them as a basis for comparison because like that's a show where the people involved are super engaged in social media. But even people who are engaged in social media who deal with the fans a lot, like I get very little interaction from that cast who all know me by name relative to the Riverdale cast who have met us twice and probably don't know me from Adam, except for the couple of people who we've talked to privately, you know? Yeah. So like that, that's one of those things where it's, it's, and it's again, like sometimes some of the stuff we talk about is a little inside baseball-y because like as entertainment writers, we have a slightly different perspective on these things than a lot of our audience do. But that's one of those things that when the cast is super engaged with us, the press, I always feel like that, says a lot because typically that's not a personality thing although it can be as much as it is like a lot of it just boils down to they really believe in what they're doing and they want to get it in front of more eyeballs and that's why they get excited about talking to the press and talking to the fans and interacting with people right so chris didn't say where he can be found hi i'm chris you can find me writing things at ScreenerTV.com, on Twitter at Chris Hayner, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-A-R, also on Instagram, also on Facebook. But most importantly, you can find me on Instagram, Waterworld Photos, pictures of the Universal Studios Hollywood Waterworld stunt show. That's all that matters in life. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. We probably will be broadcasting on Thursday at our normal time, like around the time when the show airs on the East Coast, because these guys are going to see it early, which means uh, in, in all likelihood we will record early. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But if you if you follow Riverdale TV or follow Russ Burlingame, both of those accounts will know by, like, Wednesday at the latest – you know what day the podcast is going to run we are a podcast about a story about a town and we'll be back next week bye all come on let's go with the archie show